Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that it refused to use, no doubt, starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for April the 2nd in the year of our Lord, 2022. This is our one of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution of the United States of America. That is our guide. And absolutely, we're convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by our founding fathers. One of the great peaceful restorative solutions we still have at our fingertips. As you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Ladies and gentlemen, some people say, Sam, why do you say that every hour all the time? It gets boring. It's old. It's just come on, Sam, because I want you to understand there are a lot of folks in America now, especially in the Patriot movement, that have been betrayed by government officials and with provocateurs and with those who are getting too radical. I want to make it very clear. We don't support revolution. We don't support secession. We don't support Article 5 convention stuff. You say, well, Sam, all those things are constitutional. Come on, don't you? I know. I get it. That doesn't mean they're the best thing to do. There are better ways to restore the republic, and I believe to work within the system, because I believe the Founding Fathers put incredible checks and balances in place that if we would just use them, we could prevent the problems we're facing. Look, our founders said that this country is only meant for a religious and a moral people, the two great pillars of stability and our government was inadequate for the governing of any other so look unless you're a religious moral people unless you jealously guard your freedoms the founders also wisely warned you have a republic if you can keep it meaning that we have got to be involved ladies and gentlemen governments don't run themselves okay if we want to be free we've got to be anxiously engaged in this good cause and so i highlight every time we jump on the radio this importance of look we don't support revolution. It's peaceful restoration that we believe in. I don't support working with outside of or dismantling the system at all. I just don't. And I never have. And I believe that the Founding Fathers, that's why there's not really an exit clause uh, in the Constitution. I know you could say, well, Sam, based on the Declaration of Independence, if we created the government, we could dissolve it. I get that as a last resort. I get that we have the authority, we the people can do that by the consent of the governed. Does government derive its just powers so if we literally say we let you know we as a body as a people don't give consent anymore yeah we can dissolve that government i get the principles okay and i understand to some degree the feeling of necessity on that topic i get it but i also get that there are ways to solve the problems that we face without a war without a revolution without dismantling the greatest country on the face of the earth without believing that somehow you can have a concentrated military uh that will take over that will somehow save us, okay? You're not gonna save us with some grand plan. Not gonna happen. Okay, you're not gonna save us by saying, well, look, Donald Trump's the good guy. He's the savior. Let's go ahead and you know, put something in place where the military concentrates power. The military is the good guys, and don't worry, Sam. 
they'll take care of us. I don't buy it. I don't believe it. Okay, I don't believe that we're going to have a military that will be strong enough to fix the country. Because any military that's strong enough to take power to so-called fix the country, well, that same power could be used to destroy the country. And I would not concentrate power intentionally into the hands of those who, well, would have the power to, quote, save us or sink us, because I don't believe that's the American way. That's the problem I have with these citizen grand juries and all these other plans people have. Everybody wants to circumvent the system, take down the system, work outside the system, do all these different things that they believe somehow will save us from ourselves. Look, you're not going to be successful at that. Why can't we use the system that our founding fathers bled and died and gave their fortunes and their sacred honors for? That's the system. You say, Sam, we've tried everything, but it doesn't work. No, you haven't. Stop. It isn't going to work with the very few. And no matter how irate we get as the very few, no matter what lengths we take things to, it isn't going to work. Our system is not a democracy. It's a constitutional republic. It's designed to prevent the few from having their way, whether they have good intentions or bad intentions. It's designed to methodically, slowly work through issues. That's what the checks and balances are all about. It's designed to prevent the few from taking, well, Sam, how come the few in the swamp have such great control and have taken over the system? That Because you're not applying the principles, my fellow Americans. When I say you, I mean we, us, we're not. You say, what do you mean, Sam? Well, look, we're the ones that allowed the 17th Amendment to be put in place. Okay? And that basically meant that the states don't have a seat at the table now. Okay? Listen to me very carefully, ladies and gentlemen. That meant that the states don't really have a seat at the table. Why? Because they have no representation. You see, it used to be the state legislative bodies elected the senators that would then go and represent the states. So the House of Representatives represented the people directly. There's some democratic principles in our great republic, ladies and gentlemen. We're not a democracy. Don't fall for that lie. But we have some democratic principles that must be recognized and realized and understood and embraced, right? So the House was to represent the people directly. The Senate was to represent the states. Well, right now, the states don't have representation. Therefore, they've been literally turned into political subdivisions of the Fed. That's right. They have. And I bring this up, folks, because... Hey, when you disable all the checks and balances, you're surprised when there's no checks and balances, right? When you take away the checks and balances, you're surprised. So the states and the federal government have dual sovereignty. The states have broad authority, delegated by we the people. The federal government has very limited authority, delegated again by we the people. They're not at odds with each other. They have different roles to play. We've delegated different authorities to each of the states uh, and to the general government. So there's dual sovereignties. That doesn't mean that the federal government's all-powerful and the states are nothing but political subdivisions. That's a lie. That's the misrepresentation. That's the dishonest perversion in our founding intent. Okay? Understand that, but when you take away that balance, that check, the states don't have any representation. So now, with no representation, and then the federal government just starts illegally dumping fake money into the mix, now all the states are, they have no representation, and they're on the dole. How well you think that's going to work? See, that's just one of the many checks and balances, ladies and gentlemen, that has been absolutely gutted, dismantled, jettisoned, 
And you cannot run the greatest country on the face of the earth based on constitutional principles, based on checks and balances, based on representation, based on all these incredible principles that our founding fathers uh, understood from the Bible and put together to run the greatest country on the face of the earth that uniquely looked to God, not government, for guidance and solutions and protection, right? That's unique, but you can't dismantle all these things and expect it to run well. So you say, well, we jettisoned the 17th Amendment. That's fine. There was not supposed to be any direct taxation either. But then they literally, you know, forced like a, a communist-style income tax, progressive tax on everybody. Now they're taxing the citizens directly. See, that was never intended by the founding fathers. They didn't believe in direct taxation. They believed that violated your privacy, and it violated two sides of the equation, either the income or the spending side. But either way, it interfered with the free enterprise system, Right? It directly tampered with your life, your privacy, and your wherewithal, your money, your profitability, your your prosperity, right? See, that was not acceptable to the founding fathers. That's why they had indirect taxation. That's why they had tariffs at the borders. That's why they had apportionment taxes, etc. They weren't interested in directly taxing you. But see, we've changed the affairs of the nation. We've allowed direct taxation to occur in many many ways not only income tax directly but property tax directly literally taxing the very prosperity tool your property that you have so that was never intended by the founders either so when you disable these checks and balances ladies and gentlemen and then things run off the rails and you wonder why i don't mean to be offensive but it's obvious why okay so i used the uh states have no authority because now they're political subdivisions they have no representation they're also on the dole due to money Right? It was never intended for the states to siphon money, to suck money in from the government, the federal, the general government. The general government was supposed to be tiny. But when you have the states depending on the general government for money, with that money comes strings. Are you surprised, people? And then you say, Sam, we can't stop that. I know you can't, not right now, because you're not applying the principles that could stop it. The states need to get off the government dole, first of all. Then they need to practice a principle called nullification. Well, Sam, my leaders won't do that. That's right. Then elect leaders who will. Well, no, Sam, we can't. The elections are now stolen. Yeah, they are. And the reason the elections are stolen is because they literally moved you from the precinct system, the most local, closest government to the people you can get, the tiniest political subdivision there is, you and your neighbors, virtually speaking, Less than 1,000 people per precinct, if you will. Well over 100,000-plus precincts in America. And they've gutted that, and they've said, vote by mail. Yeah, it's better to vote by mail, they lie. And they've literally, because of the COVID, we've allowed them to use that crisis to change the affairs of the nation. Now you don't have a precinct that you can battle in for accountability and transparency because you don't have a precinct. They've circumvented it by their vote by mail fraud. Okay, and now you don't have that check and balance. You don't have that local reality check. You can't create accountability on the ground face to face. I'm going to continue on this, and then there's an interesting story that relates. I'll tell it to you in seconds. This is Sam Bushman on the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live radio broadcast. As a parent, is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? 
Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. Small Business Tech Guys is a team of experts ready to assist you with any service relating to growing your business. Our team specializes in information and technology, social media, general consulting, and HR. We thrive on assisting startup entrepreneurs with growing their businesses. If it's small business, it's our cup of tea. To schedule your free discovery call today, consider sbtechguys.com. We keep an eye on tech so you don't have to. sbtechguys.com. Have you ever heard of Loving Liberty Ladies? Well, the Loving Liberty Ladies are here to help you learn our American heritage and the way it affects today's society. The Loving Liberty Ladies also have a discussion guide called Proclaim Liberty. And with this guide, you can start your own group in your hometown. Get yours today on our website at lovingliberty.net. Look for our lesson supplements too. They're free. To hear all the special offers and to join the fight for freedom and liberty, please go to lovingliberty.net. I want to dedicate this song to Mr. Rupert Murdoch. All right, ladies and gentlemen, so I'm talking about the checks and balances that they're dismantling one check and balance at a time. I gave the example of the 17th Amendment, how, you know what, the states don't have any seat at the table. Nobody represents the states anymore. We used to have states uh, sending senators to Washington. Now they've turned it into a more of a democracy where the people uh, do that. Sad but true, and no wonder the states don't have any representation. I've used the example of the 16th Amendment and income tax to make the point, which I'll revisit in a minute, but shame on the income tax and the property taxes that are literally direct taxes straight out of the Communist Manifesto uh, in America today. I used the example of this uh, vote issue where now we're circumventing all the precincts in the country and literally mail-in balloting statewide if you will again shame 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 ripe with fraud just a disaster but yesterday we had on chris carlson with us and we talk with chris every friday doing a phenomenal job and without god we can never win with god we can never lose the battle for freedom is the lord's but we need to be engaged in the fight that's chris carlson's point and he's right as rain all right, and we talked about Joe Biden unveiled his, quote, proposed budget for 2023, and it's for more than $5.7 trillion in spending, including a new tax on billionaires. Now, think about that, $5.7 trillion in spending. Why are we letting the federal government spend so much money? Okay, there's no authority to spend that kind of money they don't have in the first place. Well, Sam, Congress is voting for it. I know they are, but we need to remove them for doing so. Okay? Biden literally unveils record. They call it defense budget, but it's not defensive in nature. It's offensive to say the least. The newamerican.com with the article about this 
but Joe has proposed the largest military budget ever, asking Congress for $813 billion, which is $31 billion more than the 2022 number, ladies and gentlemen. And when Joe, or when, uh, yeah, I guess Joe asked for money last year, they gave him more than he asked for. All right? One of the dangers of central banks and fiat currency is it allows the government to borrow money without having to tax the people directly. In other words, it's a form of hidden taxation. It taxes the people directly, and then the uh, form of borrowing, that taxation, if you will, becomes inflation. So not only do you create inflation by doing that, mm, you, you see inflation around you right now? Yeah, that's my point. Okay, But you're passing the debt, you're passing the liability, you're passing the accountability by the lack of transparency to the next generation. Again, this is another check and balance you're violating. The states are supposed to have balanced budgets, but they were never supposed to get money from the Fed. There was never supposed to be a big one-way flow of money straight to the Fed. Right? So, ladies and gentlemen, see that ye be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass. Matthew 24 highlights this concern that we have. Okay? Are you prepared to give your life for the sacred cause of freedom? My answer is yes. But I want to be very careful what hill I die on, if you will. America is supposed to be a 75-plus percent Christian nation, and now we fear, we fear man more than God is part of the problem in America, right? We call upon America to repent of its idolatry. We call upon America to stand for liberty. Okay, by testifying of America's sins and calling them out, ladies and gentlemen, we bind up the testimony and seal the law. We stand for freedom. Okay? When it comes to sovereign citizenry, ladies and gentlemen, we can't just act outside the scope, outside of the delegation that we've given to legitimate forms of government. May not be acting legitimately, but they are legitimate forms of government. Okay, we've got to understand one word about sovereign citizenry. We live in the real while teaching the ideal, folks. It's important to understand that. And yesterday when we were with Dr. Scott Bradley, we talked about this even more. We talked about Judge Jackson has made herself unqualified to serve. She said she can't even define woman. She's unqualified to define the word woman. She told the Senate that she was unqualified to assess the definition because she was not a biologist. Wow, well, that kind of a judge, again, you're dismantling all the checks and balances, folks. You're putting judges in there that have no moral compass. They're afraid of man, ladies and gentlemen. One person not afraid of man who turns to God is Virginia or Jenny Thomas. She's an American attorney and conservative activist. She's married to Justice Thomas, and she's a controversial figure because she stands up for God, family, and country. Well, you know, that's part of the problem, folks. We've got these massive, massive problems because we're allowing all the checks and balances to be dismantled. Now you're getting Supreme Court justices who don't have a moral compass. They don't stand for what we believe in. So then if you go to the court for everything and think that the courts can decide everything, then you literally give the courts 
way, way, way more power than the founding fathers ever intended. You see, the three branches of government were intended to, to provide a check and balance to one another. But now all you have is Congress and everybody else going to the courts with every single issue, giving the court literally the most power of any branch. Well, the court was supposed to be the least powerful branch of government. And it was supposed to be away from the people. In other words, hey, we're not really going to have direct elections for that. It tempers the, de- the democratic principles that we have, right? But you, you disable all those checks and balances when you take the court political. Nearly 2,000 states, for example, are suing the Biden administration over its mask mandate on public transportation, including on flights. Well, why are these two dozen plus states even suing the federal government? What good is that going to do? Look, what if the government rules against you? What if the court rules against you? Then you say, oh, we've just lost that one? See, no, and that's why it's not appropriate for us to go to the courts for everything, ladies and gentlemen. The states need to say, look, we're not doing your mask mandates everywhere. The federal government is relegated to a 10-mile square section and is not a state, does not have authority over the several states or the um, constitutional republics, if you will. Uh, The federal government only has very limited delegated authority uh, via the contract, the Constitution, right? Well, ladies and gentlemen, this is where we have allowed these checks and balances to just absolutely, unequivocally run off the rail. And so I've given you examples, plenty of them, about our voter situation where we've jettisoned precincts, skipped local government, gone to a mail-in balloting system that's ripe with fraud. Okay? But then when you dismantle the 17th Amendment, states don't have representation. When you dismantle the sixth, or you know, add the sixteenth amendment and manipulate where the government can tax us directly, well, it gets worse. Because if the government can tax us directly, if we accept that income tax government plan, what you've got is a collision course between the states and the federal government. Instead of them being dual sovereigns, instead of them having different responsibilities, instead of the delegation being checks and balances we have now put the states on a collision course with the federal government you say sam what do you mean well i'll highlight with this article to make the point from worldnet daily wnd.com always doing a phenomenal job the author this time bob unruh and here's the question that they ask at the top of the article you ready can the federal government take control of state taxes let me say that again Can the federal government take control of state taxes? Well, at first glance, you would say, well, of course not, Sam. No, that would be unconstitutional. That would be wrong. Well, you're right, but they can and they will and they are doing that very thing. You say, what do you mean, Sam? Believe it or not, right now, members of Congress are at the, quote, appeals court. What for? To blast Biden for state tax mandate yeah the case argues that the administration is trying to take over taxes nationwide can the government do it you bet your boots they can and they will wait a minute sam they shouldn't be able to do that i know i agree but look if you let all the checks and balances to be dismantled if you run to the courts for everything 
then you take a chance that a few rogue thugs control the whole nation and dictate the law. See, Congress shouldn't be asking, well, what's the law here? Members of Congress shouldn't be at the appeals court going, court, tell us what the, the law is. Who made the law? The very few people that are running to the courts? Well, you got to interpret the law we put in place. Wait a minute now. Dozens of members of the U.S. Senate and House of Representatives have gone to a federal appeals court. They don't believe that the authority comes from the federal government on this. Let's talk about how we lost that check and balance. We'll do it in seconds. Proclaiming liberty across the land. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Tim Berg. Members of the Ukrainian parliament met with members of Congress as Ukrainians continued to defend themselves against an invasion from Russia. Anastasia Radina is one of those parliament members. She tells Fox News the tide of the war is changing and so is Ukraine's strategy. The main goal was to urge the U.S. together with partners to actually provide more lethal weapons to Ukraine. We believe that our only option to establish peace in Ukraine is to win. And in order to win, we need to be getting some military assistance we were not getting before. The United States has already provided billions of dollars worth of weapons and humanitarian aid to Ukraine. COVID-19 hospitalization numbers have plunged to their lowest levels since the early days of the pandemic. And you're listening to USA Radio News. Think of everything you do to provide for your family. A home, food on the table, health care, vacations, and saving for your kids' education. It's all good as long as you're alive. But it's only a drop in the bucket of what they'll need if you die without life insurance. Buying term life insurance is not something you can afford to put off. Call the term lifeline now for the lowest possible rates on quality term life insurance. Term life rates are at all-time lows, and we can save you up to 70%. If you already have coverage, you could be paying too much. One call could save you thousands of dollars. We have great rates for smokers, too, or if you have health problems. Providing for today is good, but it's not enough if you die prematurely. Call the term lifeline today for a free quote. Protect your family and see if you could save up to 70%. 866-549-TERM. 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 That's 866-549-8376. The NTSB is bumping up the miles per gallon standard on new vehicles. From the USA Radio News Northeast News Bureau, Chris Russell explains. New vehicles sold in the United States will have to travel an average of at least 40 miles per gallon in 2026. That's up from about 24 miles per gallon under new federal rules unveiled Friday. The National Highway Traffic Safety Administration said its fuel economy requirements will increase gas mileage by 8% per year for model years 2024 and 2025 and 10% in the 2026 model year. Travelers boarding planes for Alaska Airlines are urged to check to see if their flights may be canceled. Pilots for the airline are picketing airports in Seattle, Portland, San Francisco, and Los Angeles over contract negotiations. As a result, several flights have been canceled due to lack of available pilots. This is USA Radio News. 
right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. So I'm talking about how the checks and balances in the greatest country on the face of the earth are being dismantled one at a time. So can the federal government take control of state taxes? Believe it or not, members of Congress are battling in the Court of Appeals over this right now. They're blasting Biden over this, quote, mandate. Um, And this is the problem. Well, you say, Sam, we'll probably win this one. You know what? You might be right. We might win this one. But you are setting a dangerous, let me repeat that, you are setting a dangerous precedent, ladies and gentlemen, even if you win at the courts this time. Going to the courts to decide everything is a disaster plan, ladies and gentlemen. The American Center for Law and Justice, uh, the guy's name there is Jordan Seculo, he reported that his organization filed a brief in the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals, okay, on behalf of 64 members of Congress. So Congress is asking the question to the government, the federal government, hey, can the uh, federal government just take over tax setting policy in the, the several states? Why is Congress asking that question? Congress makes law. And if Congress believes that that's starting to happen, they need to make the law to shut that down if they don't believe that's their intent and or the intent of the founding fathers. But they're asking the courts, tell us what we did. Did we make law? Did we give government authority to do this? And the courts are going to say either yes, you did or no, you did not. But don't go to the courts to ask that question. How dumb are you? Okay, here's the deal. The whole battle is over Joe Biden's demand that the federal government control taxes in states if they take any federal assistance money for the COVID-19 disaster. Since taking office, ladies and gentlemen, the actions of Joe Biden have made it completely apparent that one of his administration's primary objective is to wrestle power away from the several states and concentrate that power into Washington. It's a gross overreach, they claim, and it violates the Constitution of the United States. The attorney generals are not going to stand by and allow this to happen. He explained the background to this is that Biden and other Democrats such as Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi and company demanded the authority to block states if they accepted COVID-19 funds. Yeah, that's right. They are not allowed to lower residence taxes or do anything of the sort because they took, quote, federal money. This resulted in a, quote, law littered with problems. But one of the worst is one of the last-minute provisions slipped in that functionally prohibits states from lowering state taxes between now and 2024, in other words, Joe Biden's first term. Essentially, the Biden administration was saying to states, quote, if you take COVID money, which many of you supposedly desperately need, the federal government then gets to control how you tax your residents. Yeah. Explaining the pandemic and concentrating power is despicable, they claim. He said the lawsuit actually was brought by 13.
13 states against the federal government. And a federal judge already agreed that the coercion was wrong. Well, then why are you the Supreme? Uh, I'm sorry. Why are you at the uh, appellate court then? They say the court gave the states a permanent injunction by uh, barring enforcement of that kind of decision. But the judge said the court finds no presidential authority that would prescribe its ruling. You got a ambiguous spending condition in the tax mandates is the problem. In other words, Congress is responsible for the vagary in the law that's causing this whole misunderstanding. But Seculo noted that Biden is trying to block states from lowering taxes. In fact, Biden seems really intent on impeding any relief for working Americans. See, but I, I appreciate you blame this on Biden, but it's not Biden who made this ambiguous law. It's Congress. So you can say that the Biden administration is to blame. You can then run to the courts and act like they can solve the problem. But Congress is the problem. Here's, they, here's what they say. The, the result is more legal work. The friend of the court brief, the 11th Circuit, argues that this, quote, so-called tax mandate goes beyond the power to impose conditions that the Supreme Court has accepted. If the tax mandate is ambiguous, it amounts to a, listen, impermissible assault on the state's sovereignty. If it's ambiguous, then it literally flies in the face of the separation of powers. It fails to pass one of the Supreme Court's clear limitations on Congress's conditioning authority. Well, yeah, that's right. The report said that the Biden administration has argued that the demand does not prevent states from cutting taxes but it does say no federal money can be used for those COVID cuts. I'm sorry, no COVID money can be used for those cuts. Since money is fungible, these are conflicting admissions by the Treasury Department, Seculo explained. But again, why is there conflicting reality here? Why is it so ambiguous and confusing and and people don't know what it means and what money can be used for what and hey the Biden administration's on a bender to circumvent the states and we better go to the courts to solve it. Congress is the one that made this law in the first place ladies and gentlemen you got to understand Congress is the one that made the law and if the law is confusing do you go to the court and say court solve this for us interpret the law by making law or clarifying law or no yeah the courts have a responsibility to interpret the law but if you have that kind of ambiguous law it's not just leave it to the robe thugs to interpret it's congress failed us and they need to go back and clarify what their intent of the law was see this is where we're relying on 
uh, the courts to solve what the president's doing that's bad. But nobody in Congress is taking responsibility. They want to go to the courts. This this uh, Jordan Seculo and others are asking the courts to, to help this out for 64 members. It's a lot of congressional people involved, right? But none of them are taking responsibility for what they caused. Do you understand what I mean? None of them are taking responsibility for what they caused. Congress caused this, and Congress ought to fix it. Can the federal government take control of state taxes? Why are the members of Congress at the appellate court begging the courts to solve this for them? They say it's over Biden's demand that the federal government control taxes in states where if if the states take any money for the COVID disaster scenario. But I submit to you that this is Congress. They say the scheme was developed as Democrats chose to use a fairly rare budget reconciliation process to approve the stimulus bill. They say it was a, a, you know, a partisan plan or whatever. They say this resulted in a law littered with problems. But one is the last-minute provision that was slipped in that functionally prohibits states from lowering taxes. But, see, they want to blame this on Joe. Is Joe doing wrong in this? Oh, yeah, he's the one insisting on this. But who put this in place? Congress did, folks. And this is what I mean by the checks and balances. So now the states can't represent themselves because they don't have any representation. Remember, we've jettisoned the states from having representatives. The senators now represent the people, just like the House. We don't have a check. The states could push back really, really hard through their representation, the senators, but they don't have that option anymore. We dismantled it. So you wonder, then, why can the federal government just push around the states? Why can Congress just put a law in place and then blame it on, uh, the president's guilty of this, and mm, wow, and then, hey, the courts should interpret that. Why are we all at the federal level in the first place? Why don't the states push back and say, "Uh uh-uh, this is bogus. We're not doing that because the states don't have any separation of powers. The states don't have any sovereignty. The states don't have any representation. See, every time you tell me government's running off the rails and there's nothing we can do about it, I will point to you of how we disabled one of the checks and balances that would have given us the ability to rein it in. You follow me? Hang tight. This is Liberty Roundtable Live. The spirit of the American West is alive and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues of the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today, and gift ideas like this year's Buckaroo calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. This is a battle, a battle between truth and deceit, a battle between forces that would enslave this country in darkness and between a media that wants to present you with the truth. We are being censored. America's news outlets no longer provide the truth. 90% of news outlets in the United States are controlled by six corporations. The mission of the Epic Times is to chase the truth, to ground all statements in fact. TheEpicTimes.com Scott Bradley here. Most Americans are painfully aware that the nation is on the wrong track and in dire straits. 
Unfortunately, most political pundits only nibble around the edges when they claim to address the issues. Even worse, many of the so-called solutions are simply rewarmed servings of what got us into the mess we currently face. And the politicians think we're so gullible and naive that we'll buy their lies that they have reformed and now understand where they led us astray. Unfortunately, the truth of the matter is that they simply wish to continue to hold power. The solution to America's challenges is found in returning to the timeless principles found in the United States Constitution. My book and lecture series will reawaken in Americans an understanding and love of the principles which made this nation the freest, most prosperous, happiest, and most respected nation on earth. Visit to preservethenation.com and order my book and lectures to begin the restoration of this great nation. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. I am Sam Bushman, and I'm talking about the checks and balances that we have absolutely allowed to be dismantled in the greatest country on the face of the earth. And as we've allowed these checks and balances to be dismantled, we've lost liberty proportionately to those checks and balance violations, if you will. We're talking about can the federal government take control of state taxes? Members of Congress, believe it or not, right now are at an appeals court to battle this, to blast Biden, they say, for what they call a state tax mandate. The case argues that the administration is trying to take over taxes nationwide. Bob Unruh with the piece. They say it's over Biden's demand that the federal government control taxes in states if they take any federal assistance for the COVID-19 disaster. All right, but here's the deal. (laughs) I don't know why Congress won't take responsibility for this. They're the ones that put the law in place. Why are they going to the court to to complain about Joe Biden? Well, Sam, Joe Biden's carrying this out. And wait a minute, why aren't the states fighting back? Why is Congress, the same people that literally created this bogus, ambiguous, confusing law without authority, why are we having the Congress go to the courts? Where are the states who should be saying, wait a minute, Joe thinks he has authority over my state and he does not. So we're going to push back and put a stop to this. Joe doesn't have authority over our state. The state of Utah, the great state of Florida, the great state of Georgia, Alabama, Texas, Minnesota, where Idaho, wherever, wherever you are, the government doesn't have authority over those states. Go read your constitution. Well, Sam, it's the supremacy clause. You've allowed that to be. You've allowed government to lie to you on that, too. Haven't you, ladies and gentlemen? The supremacy clause has nothing to do with. The government being a god or supreme over everything. The supremacy clause merely meant that, hey, over the things that we've delegated to the federal government and the Constitution, they have supremacy over those issues. Very few. Well, Sam, go look at your Constitution. Taxation is one of them. It might be at the federal level. That's right. And if you go study your Constitution further, you'll understand that the founders were not for direct taxation. You'll also find that in the several states, there's no authority 
But see, the problem is, I mentioned to you that whenever you take money from the federal government, you lose sovereignty. You got the stick of the carrot scenario. So the states want to be on the dole. They want to get the federal government to give them a bunch of money. The federal government said, fine, I'll give you money, but there's going to be strings attached. The states didn't pay attention to the strings attached legislation, and they took the money anyway. Now the states are going, wait a minute, we took the money, but we don't want the consequences of taking that money. And so now they're trying to stay out of it and not have responsibility. Uh, The general government literally has Congress members battling the courts going, wait, this shouldn't be, this is wrong. But it's Congress who mandated this in the first place. The states could nullify now and say, you're crazy. That's not happening. But see, the states would then be in jeopardy of losing even more money. They want to be on the dole forever. When you're on the dole forever, you can't just be belligerent, right? Kid says to dad, I'm going to do what I want. Dad says, fine, give me your car keys. No, they're my keys. Yeah, they may be your keys, buddy, but it's my car. You're not driving my car. Well, the kid has to start to humble himself and pay attention or dad will yank the car. Well, that's what we're talking about here. The federal government has been arbitrarily, wrongfully, violating the checks and balances they've been given the control the government says look you wanted gas in your car we gave you money to put gas in your car folks and now we want to literally run around and act like somehow there's not consequences for those actions how well do you think that will work for you It won't work well at all, folks. Why? Because it violates fundamental principle of honesty, of morality, of integrity. Why? Because it violates separation of powers. Right? That's the problem. It violates fundamental principles. Okay? And you're not going to have success or stability when you violate these principles. You're going to lose liberty every time. And then when we lose enough liberty, then people kind of get incensed and go, whoa, wait a minute. The government's way gone too far overreach. That's all factual. But whose fault is it? Is it Joe's? Joe's responsible for everything. Joe's responsible for inflation and everything else, isn't he? He's responsible. No, that's a lie. The responsibility goes back to when we allowed Congress to literally jettison honest money, crank up the dishonest, immoral Federal Reserve in the first place, and then later get us off the gold standard and silver standard entirely so we don't have a backing of honesty, of money, of honest weights and measures anymore. And then we blame it on Joe because inflation's out of control. Well, Joe's partly responsible. Inflation is out of control. That's all factual. But it's the members of Congress that allowed these laws to be put in place in the first place, violating the intention of our founding fathers. That's where the buck needs to stop. Let me give you an example. They say Zelensky becoming a dictator, bans 11 political parties, consolidates all national media, Ben Swan, sovereignty and media with this piece. But you know what? I appreciate that, and I agree that it's true, but you know what? We're not far behind in America, right? We're not far behind in America. We're allowing the same things to happen here. 
we're just on a slower takeover plan. In these other countries, they can just boldly, blatantly highlight we're tyrannical. In America, tyrannical reality is setting in, but it's happening slowly. Uh, it reminds me of the flaxen cords spoke of in Scripture where they literally say, hey, Satan's going to lead you down to hell. Satan's not going to come to you and say, hey, just murder and destroy and rape and pillage and plunder and, and you know, do murder and, and uh, you know, um, commit adultery or, or uh, whatever. Satan's not going to just blatant. You'll be like, no way, and you'd run. But if Satan can get you to do a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit here, a little bit there, pretty soon before you know it, you're so tied down in sin. These flax and these little cords wrapped around you over and over and over become very powerful indeed over time. You become a slave to what you've given into. Well, we have become a slave to government dishonest money. That's why the states have no power. That's why the states can't stand up and say, federal government, you're off your rocker. We're not doing that. They've taken the money, and Congress said the money's tied to these strings, which means, hey, you're not cutting taxes for your citizens. You don't have independence to make decisions as a state. You've lost your independence when you took and cashed the check. Now the states are saying nothing while Congress goes, well, that ain't right. Well, Congress, what do you mean that ain't right? You're the ones that put it in place in the first place. See, there's no accountability here, ladies and gentlemen. There's no transparency of the truth here. Can the federal government take control of state taxes? As long as the states are on the dole and don't have any ability to push back and assert their sovereignty, the answers are resounding unconstitutionally yes. Or an unconstitutional yes. Not because it's right. Not because it's right at all. But because what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do to stop it? Right? Right now, I don't see that we have anything that could really stop it. Do you? I mean, Congress is just going to go to the courts of Babylon and go, golly, this is horrible. Uh, Joe shouldn't be able to do this. Joe's going to say, hey, you guys gave me the law and I signed it. What do you mean I can't do this? The courts may say it's overreached by the feds. That's fine. And you might win this little skirmish. But at the end of the day, you might win a battle along your way, but you're going to lose the war. What do I mean by that? You're going to eventually put so much authority, so much control, so much decision-making power in the, in, in the hands of the few at the judgeship level that, ladies and gentlemen, you will lose your liberty because eventually they will rule against you. Uh, yeah, they might let you win a few blatant cases <clears throat> that are so egregious that nobody can stand up for it because if it gets too crazy, people will start talking about the impeachment check and balance, which I submit to you as one that's way, 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 way underused, right? But nevertheless, I digress except to tell you, look, we're losing when we go to the courts. Day in and day out, the federal government's getting more powerful every single day, and the states are getting less and less and less authority, less and less and less power, um, because they're all on the dole. Because the more they take that stick and carrot, the more they get the bailout, the more they become dependent, if you will, then the less authority they have to assert. And if you want to stop it, we need to state that Jettison's income tax. Because look, ladies and gentlemen, we wouldn't be debating can the federal government take control of state taxes if the states didn't have those kind of taxes. If the states weren't on the dole in the first place, we wouldn't be talking about this stick and carrot, would we? Okay, so the answer is for us to jettison these dependent 
realities where we violate checks and balances. We take money from the Fed, and then we're mad when they want to put stipulations to that money. Well, you might win this one, but you'll lose overall because you know what? The federal government has tremendous authority, way beyond its intentional authority delegated by the founding fathers. And we've allowed this creep of increased federal authority to literally destroy the state's sovereignty and the people's liberty. We've allowed it to happen day in and day out, just slow, sure, creep. We've allowed this in our schools. We've allowed this everywhere. For example, we said Clinton was honored as the first black president at Black Caucus. CNSNews.com wrote that headline a long time ago. But yet then, you know, Barack Obama was the next black president. He's only half black. Have we really had a black president? Well, we've allowed this racial issue now. You've got in your government schools race and perverted sex being promoted with our tax dollars. And now all we can do is have a couple of people go to your school board and complain and go, this ain't right. Well, that's what communist schools do, folks. Go look at your 10th plank of the Communist Manifesto. It's compulsory education. What do you expect to happen when you give the communists control of your school, the education of your children? You can expect to be indoctrinated into all kind of perverted agendas, right? Now this independent school district in Austin, Texas, it's called Black Shear Elementary School. They hosted a gay pride parade for elementary schoolers, which the school's principal simply called a wellness walk. That's according to internal messages, but it wasn't a wellness walk. It was a perverted promotion of sex, of gender manipulation. A Texas teacher then claimed that 20 of her 32 fourth grade students identify, came out to her literally as gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, uh, queer or questioning or whatever that Q stands for, right? And then what we say is we're gonna go to the school board meeting and then the school board meeting says, hey, we're gonna go all the way to the federal government and shut you down, you terrorist. And we allow that to happen. The Justice Department, the FBI, all in bed together. At the what level? The local level? The federal level? Oh, it's all the above, isn't it? See how we've allowed the checks and balances to absolutely get above the people? The only way to save ourselves is to stop it and demand that the checks and balances are upheld. Unless we, the people, engage ourselves to accomplish that, nothing will save us. A moral people that that are absolutely involved in liberty is the only way. And there's got to be enough of us. I'm telling you right now, God save the Republic. Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that was refused to use, no doubt, continues now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for April the 2nd in the year of our Lord, 2022. This is indeed our two of two in the goal always. To protect life, liberty, and property. And to promote God, family, and country, and to do so in the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America as our guide. And absolutely, we're convinced that checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers, one of the peaceful, 
restorative solutions we still have at our fingertips. And believe it or not, that's what I talked all last hour about, the checks and balances, and how we've allowed these checks and balances to literally be dismantled. And as we've done so, it's been a disaster, an absolute disaster for the country, ladies and gentlemen. I talked about the 17th Amendment, how we literally have taken away the state's ability to have delegates, if you will, uh, to have representation at the federal government or the general government level. It's a disaster. Okay, the states have no representation. No wonder they become political subdivisions of the Fed, right? And then I've also talked about money. You know what? We've allowed the federal government to literally print money out of thin air, create this lie that they're the boss, and then literally the government mandates via stick and carrot mentality, if you will, hey, the states just become political subdivisions. Not only do you have no representation in, <clears throat> in, in the general government venue, at the, no seat at the table, but you also now are on the dole. And when we put you on the dole, you're going to obey. That's what the federal government's saying. And nobody will take responsibility for that. Can the federal government take control of state taxes? Well, the answer should be no constitutionally, but when you're on the dole and you're violating all the checks and balances that made America great and protects the greatest country on the face of the earth, you're going to have these troubles. We talked about the income taxes and how wrong and abusive they've become. The Founding Fathers never intended direct taxation. When we jettison all the precincts and you literally have mail-in balloting, you, you've, again, you're circumventing all these checks and balances. Well, I digress, but I want to continue with this same checks and balances discussion because it's really, really, really important to understand. So we've allowed the checks and balances vertically and horizontally to be destroyed. Congress passed this law saying, hey, the states can't cut taxes or do whatever they want to if they took government COVID money. But then now the Congress members, over 64 Congress members, literally at the appellate court going, wait a minute, Joe shouldn't be able to do this. Joe's mandating this and that. Look, Congress, you're the one that passed the ambiguous, confusing law in the first place. Well, Joe shouldn't be able to do it, and we're going to go to the courts for answers. Why should a few thug judges decide this? What about the 50 states that have their own sovereignty? What about the 50 republics that should say, federal government, you have no authority here? Well, they don't have a right to say that because they're all in the dole. They all took the stick and the carrot. They all uh, ignored this law, or they didn't understand the law, or they didn't understand what they were agreeing to, whatever you want to say. But all the states took plenty of government money, and now they're mad because they have to obey? See, this is the problem. Where are the states in this battle? Why do we have members of Congress who created the, um, the confusing law now at court trying to fix the law all at the federal level? The states should be going, oh, no, 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 no. We're not doing this. We have our own sovereignty. Well, they're struggling because they're on the dole. They agreed to it, don't you understand? Well, there are checks and balances in America that I've highlighted on this radio program more so than anybody else on your radio. I've highlighted the vertical and the horizontal, Right? The horizontal, uh, in other words, left to right, says there's three branches of government. Your executive, your judicial, and your legislative. And they all three have different authorities. And they're all three designed to hopefully hold the other one in check. Well, now Congress made this confusing law. Congress is mad at the president for carrying out the confusing law and not interpreting it or not carrying it out properly. And now they're going to the courts to say, court, fix this for us. All the court can say is, yeah, the president's right, or no, he's not right. He shouldn't be able to do this. 
But really, the courts are left to interpret the intent of Congress on this, right? Well, Congress should go back and clarify and say, look, this was not our intent. Sorry, this is so confusing. And they should lay down, but they can't. They're too mired in political ease. And the Senate members don't represent the states, which would give the states asserted authority to do something to stop this. But see, the states don't have any representation anymore, see? And these senators now are so elite. There's junior and senior senators, and, and, and they're all so removed from the people that, you know what, the lobbyists control the senators, not we the people at all. So that's what I mean by the horizontal. Now let's talk about the vertical checks and balances. The states should be saying to the federal government, listen, you have incredible authority. The supremacy clause in the Constitution says you're supreme in your very limited scope that we've given you. But outside of that, you're not supreme at all. In fact, you have no authority over we the several states, over the several republics. We're the ones that created you, general government, not the other way around. The tail does not wag the dog. You must back off. But see, when they've taken government federal money and they've literally agreed to the, quote, reception of that money, now they're so compromised they can't fight back. And they have no representation to fight back even if they wanted to. They could use nullification, but people have lost sight of that check and balance, giving the states tremendous authority to jettison the federal government. Look, Sheriff Richard Mack's Supreme Court case was about that. He simply said, I'm not going to obey this um, Brady Bill mandate from the president. The president said, yes, you will. And they went to the court and Sheriff Mack won. But the court basically said, look, the states have no obligation to obey the federal government. The federal government has no mandating authority over the states. But no one's paying attention to that Supreme Court case decision. Took five hundred plus thousand dollars to get there and win in the first place, but now no one's even referring to that landmark case like they should be. But I digress. I'm just telling you that there's vertical and horizontal checks and balances, and the uh, vertical <coughs> checks and balances should be the states asserting themselves above the federal government, going, "Hey, federal government, you have a limited authority. That's right. Go ahead and stay in your limited authority lane, and we'll go ahead and take it from here. Thank you very much." But see, the states aren't doing that. The counties aren't doing that to the states like they should be doing either. So as these checks and balances break down, we have problems in America. And people want to rage and, and, and do things to, to, to right the wrongs they see. They're justified in their anger, their frustration, their rage, their uh, disenfranchisement. They're, they're right in the concern. But how we're going about it, the tactics to restore the republic, to resolve uh, the inadequacies or inequities uh, involved are lacking real answers, real solutions. The only answer is to use the very system that our founding fathers bled and died for and gave us to solve the problems, a.k.a. return to the checks and balances, assert ourselves in meaningful ways. But you're not going to get control of elections if you just go to a federal court who says, oh, we're not even going to listen to you. You don't have a standing. Goodbye. We're not going to talk about election fraud. You need to go to every local precinct in the country, well over 100,000 precincts, and take it on at the local level where you actually can create accountability and transparency, and you might actually have some authority to make a difference. That's really not the bottom of the government like we think. The most local government closest to you is the top of government. Government that's the furthest away is the bottom of government. It's the opposite of what you've been taught and what you think, folks. But look, we're not going to solve the problem if we just say, oh, there's vote fraud, and I guess they circumvented all of our precincts and got rid of that check and balance. Now it's all up to the post office and mail-in balloting and big states' attorney generals mm, who aren't going to uh, take on the federal government over this. And, 
and, and now the system's broken and you go, well, what do we do about it? Look, unless you get back precincts, unless you restore that check and balance, they're going to circumvent that check and balance too, right? So, folks, um, there are what are called checks and balances, formal checks and balances. Those are defined in the Constitution, highlighting the three different branches of government. They're also highlighted in each state constitution, dividing the states into three branches of government. But the states also having separate authority for the federal government, thus the dual constitutionality that we speak of engendering dual sovereignty, as we've highlighted on this program, probably more than anybody else. We teach truth to power. We focus on reality checks, ladies and gentlemen, like nobody's business. So you see that if every state has a state constitution, then there's a lot of authority delegated to the state. But between the state constitution and the general constitution, you see two sovereigns. But they're not sovereign over the exact same things to battle it out in an adversarial relationship. They're sovereigns in that they each have delegated responsibilities. They have different spheres or jurisdictions to work in. So that's the vertical and the horizontal divisions of powers or separations of powers that I speak of with checks and balances. Each entity was intended by the founding fathers to jealously guard their authority, their jurisdictional responsibility, their delegated obligations, right? And when we don't understand them, how can we insist that they do that? That's the problem in America. Well, I mentioned that there's formal checks and balances, uh, such as the three branches of government, such as the dual sovereignty of the states and the Fed, uh, the different jurisdictions, all that I mentioned, that's formally articulated contractually by government, right? We, the people, have delegated authority to government and said, look, here's the spheres, here's the jurisdictions, here's the separations. Now go to and carry out your responsibilities. And if anybody kind of steps over the line vertically or horizontally, in other words, anybody gets kind of out of, out of balance, let's go ahead and check them with the other authorities that exist, right? That's what was intended by the founders. That's the formal checks and balances. We have informal checks and balances, ladies and gentlemen, in America as well. And uh, some of them uh, become less formal as we get further from government. Let me give you some examples when we come back to highlight this reality check that you ought to understand. We cannot allow all these things to be dismantled and expect to run the greatest country on the face of the earth. We can't expect, we cannot expect them to have limited power if we don't insist on it through the mechanisms we've developed to do just that, right? Hang tight. We'll talk about it on your radio. Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, what if somebody steals our gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way, but actually gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into mommy and daddy's bank account because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. 
We at Freedom Factor have a passion for our shared American heritage and want to help restore some of that American pride by emphasizing the documents that made us Americans. Our goal is to put pocket constitutions into the hands of every American and in every school. This effort requires your help. Order your pocket constitutions and browse our website at freedomfactor.org to learn how you can help spread the message of freedom. Read it, know it, share it. Freedomfactor.org. Have you ever had great honey? No, I mean really good, all-natural, raw honey? Well, now you can, thanks to localhoneyman.com. We can ship out our locally made honey all across the U.S. So don't worry, you won't miss out. Plus, Local Honey Man has so many different flavors, like Utah Wildflower, High Desert Delight, Happy Valley, and Blackberry, just to name a few. So purchase your delicious raw honey today at localhoneyman.com. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. So I'm going to talk about some of the informal checks and balances that we have in America as well. You know, the fully informed jury. I reject the citizens' grand juries because I don't believe they have authority and they don't have any checks and balances to them. All right, that's why I reject that uh, uh, idea. That's why I reject a lot of the sovereignty movement agenda. Even though I agree that we are sovereign citizens, I don't agree with the current manipulized, manipulized, bastardized, idea that sovereign citizens can do whatever they want to outside of the system that they can somehow just reject the consent of the governed idea and do whatever they want to they don't have authority to do that but i do agree that we are sovereign citizens under god and i believe our sovereignty part of it is individualistic and part of it is joint sovereignty as we the people we the people are a body who have tremendous sovereign authority uh, after all by our consent does government derive its just powers in the first place see so all power comes from us but we can't individually just secede that isn't the reality ladies and gentlemen i digress except to talk about these formal checks and balances versus the less formal or informal will be some of them as i continue so understand that you know what the the fully informed jury is drastically different from a citizen's grand jury See, the citizens' grand jury in modern times has no tie to the proper role of limited government. No tie to the authority delegated by the consent of the governed is the problem. So they become judge, jury, and executioner. But they have no teeth. They have no power. They have no authority. You empower a citizens' grand jury tomorrow. You go ahead and bring everybody in. You indict. The people that don't want to come don't because they say you claim you have, they claim you have no authority. And then you at research and then indict. And then what? You have no arresting authority, no way to carry out your indictments, no way to go to the next level. See, Larry Clayman's doing a lot of this. And I don't mean to be rude to Larry. I think he's a great guy. But I don't think that he has teeth in this. He's indicted everybody into the sun. What stopped him from arresting people, trying uh, these indictments and, and, and literally putting people away for criminal activity? The answer is there's no authority. There's no checks and balances. There's no proper role of limited government there. There's no delegated power. It's just seized power by the few, pretending they have authority over the many. It isn't. It doesn't work. All right, but fully informed juries are a completely different animal. Fully informed juries are the last check and balance that we, the people, have been given uh, in this incredible republic that we uh, have inherited from some incredible incredible people who have taken their blueprint from god almighty in the bible and have taken the historical relevance of those who have gone before them 
and they've literally created a unique experiment, the greatest country on the face of the earth. And these checks and balances are critical to the experiment. In that we are running off the rails for the experiment, it's because we're disassembling. We are literally disabling, dismantling these checks and balances that I mentioned. Well, fully informed juries are one of them. Look, if I am a fully informed juror, not only will I judge the case before me, but I will judge the law. So let's take, for example, and they've circumvented a lot of this by they have all these IRS courts and everything else. You don't get a standard court, a jury of your peers over the IRS. You get a kangaroo court. You get a star chamber court. It's like a federal uh, federal uh, IRS court, tax court is what they call it. Okay, that's bogus. They deny you a jury of your peers. They deny the fully informed jury. They deny, they deny the last check and balance that could make America great. If I was on a fully informed jury and they said, hey, Larry isn't paying his taxes and Larry doesn't believe that he uh, owes taxes because Larry studied the law and he believes that um, it doesn't apply to him and so on and so forth. And I can look at that and go, you know, they claim Larry's violated these things, but I'm just going to judge the law here. I'm going to say I don't care if Larry's guilty or not of what they claim. I think the law of direct taxation of a Gestapo IRS, uh, of a tax court where it's jury, judge, and executioner all in one. I'm going to reject that whole premise, and I'm going to say, you're free to go, Larry. See, a fully informed jury member has that right of final check and balance to not only judge the case before them, but to judge the law. And we've gone away from fully informed juries. Members, Americans don't understand their God-given responsibility. With rights come responsibility, and you know what? You have the right to go free if the people determine that the law is uh, unfairly executed, that people are prosecuted wrongfully without the checks and balances. See, when you circumvent the checks and balances and you don't give people a jury of their peers and you don't give people the ability to really take on the discussions, you just go to tax court. You have been denied due process of law, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, judge, jury, and executioner, and the due process of law are at opposite ends of the reality check. But see, we the people don't understand fully informed juries anymore, so we don't insist on them. We allow these tax courts to grow up among us, creating this violation of the relatively informal check and balance here. We the people can provide that final check, but unless we understand our responsibility of fully informed juries, the average Joe goes, ah, they called me to jury duty. It's horrible. I'm going to have to miss work. It's going to be just horrible. Can I get out of my jury responsibilities? And they look at their obligation to run the greatest country on the face of the earth to be true owners. Right? Um, They want to circumvent that responsibility. Can someone else serve on the jury? There's a jazz game tonight. I can't be wasting all day skipping work. And, um, you know, see, we've lost sight of what's important, folks. And we look at jury duty as a, as a burden instead of a blessing. We look at it as, as virtually a curse instead of a blessing and a solution. It's a solution to rein in government. It's one of the greatest checks and balances that have been virtually, for the most part, dismantled in America. Because even if you get a jury of peers embodied for the purpose of trying a given case, most of the jurors don't understand their incredible power. The judge dictates instructions to them, and they be... They're like, well, all we got to do is, you know, is this guy guilty? They're not looking at the law. They're not looking at the whole fully informed discussion as they ought, right? And so that's a problem. We've lost that check and balance due to the ignorance in the population and the people thinking that jury duty is a penalty 
Oh, man, they put me in, in timeout. i got to go to jury duty and kind of an attitude, right? We've literally lost that chicken mouth because of the ignorance of the American people, not understanding the power and authority and blessing and responsibility that a jury is, right? All right, so that's one of the checks and balances. Let me give you another check and balance. In America, there's a free enterprise system. I know that we don't see it much. I know that it's kind of shrouded in confusion in modern society today, right? I know it's really hard for people to even understand that it exists because it's just so not on the radar, not in focus for the average American. But there are checks and balances that are less formal. And the free enterprise system is one of them. And businesses should be standing up. But we've allowed the courts to become gods. We've allowed these unintended consequences from congressional laws to literally dictate everything we do. Take the ADA, for example. That's the Americans with Disabilities Act. And that was created in 1990, and it has no provisions for websites at all. And it was meant to uh, give access to buildings. You've got to have a counter that's a certain amount of inches high, and you've got to have a certain amount of open counter space that's a certain length, and you've got to... And they have all these accommodations meant to protect and help disabled people. The creators of the law probably had good intentions, but the law has ran off the rails. And I'll give you an example. Now they're demanding that websites be accessible, but websites are not discussed in the law at all. Some lawyers say if you don't have a place, you don't have a case. A virtual place is not a physical place, and so there's no case. But others are asserting that, yes, there is a, a case. The intent of the law was that everything be accessible. The problem with the law is two primary fold. Number one, there is no standard to follow. Congress put together a law in 1990, but now that Internet websites are prevalent, prominent, ubiquitous, there is no law telling what a given owner of a website needs to do to be compliant. So there's no guidance. There's no implementing guidelines to follow. There's no regulatory, here's what you need to do. Do these five things and you're compliant. There is none of that in the law because the law was created for an earlier time. It was not created for the modern website era. So the law is confusing. The law has no teeth. The law has no clarity. Well, there are attorneys now that are taking advantage of that lack of standards, lack of the laws keeping up with the reality of our times. And so now there's a bunch of attorneys across the country that are literally suing businesses and filing complaints against businesses and saying, you know what, you've got this problem, you're not compliant with the law. And because there's no definition or compliance standards, Everybody's virtually in compliance because how do you determine that? Well, that's in the eyes of the beholder. They'll get professional hackers that'll say you're violating the law and here's the 10 examples of proof. And now you're left instead of being innocent until proven guilty. It's the opposite. You're guilty unless you can prove yourself innocent. Therefore, what people are forced to do is settle out of court. Let's talk about this more. Protecting your liberties. 
You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News. The U.S. is pledging another $300 million in military aid to Ukraine. The Defense Department said the military aid will include laser-guided rockets, drones, armored vehicles, ammunition, machine guns, and night vision. So far, the Biden administration has provided over $1.6 billion in assistance to Ukraine during the Russian invasion. Ukraine President Zelensky spoke to Fox News. It's hard for us to talk about NATO because NATO doesn't want to admit us. If we join NATO, we would make NATO much stronger. President Biden is cheering the March jobs report as the economy added another 431,000 jobs in March. More jobs created over the first 14 months of any presidency in any term ever. The unemployment rate dipped to 3.6% down from 3.8% last month. New federal reports show the top 1% of America's total wealth peaked at nearly $46 trillion late last year. Higher stock prices are one reason for the total increase. This is USA Radio News. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-444-9336. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes or overweight or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-444-9336. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-444-9336. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds, too. Call 800-444-9336. 800-444-9336. Border crossings along the U.S.-Mexico border will prepare for more migrants after the U.S. ends Title 42 pandemic immigration restrictions. The policy turns away asylum seekers at the border due to COVID-19 concerns. That's expected to end May 23rd. Texas immigration attorney Andres Meher. No matter what they do, it's not, they're not going to be prepared for the number of individuals that are going to be presenting themselves. New York City's mask mandate for young children will remain in place after the city won an appeal on a judge's ruling lifting the mandate. The city had planned to lift the mandate for that group on Monday. New York City Mayor Eric Adams. Our plans uh, were to take a week to assess the numbers before removing masks for two to four years old. Two former Trump aides may face criminal contempt of Congress. Citations from the House, Peter Navarro and Dan Scavino, have refused to cooperate with the House committee investigating last year's attack on the Capitol. House contempt citations would be referred to the Justice Department for possible prosecution. This is USA Radio News. All right, ladies and gentlemen, so I'm talking about how the checks and balances in America have been literally dis, uh, dismantled over time, and we the people are suffering the consequences, and the only answer is to insist that we restore them. And I'm talking about the free market right now. It has been an incredible check on government, but it's being dismantled one tidbit at a time. So the headline that I'm talking about says the ADA Shakedown. And they call it a racket, the ADA shakedown racket, ladies and gentlemen. The Americans with Disabilities Act has spawned a sleazy lawsuit industry. 
Walter Olson wrote this piece, and it's a really valuable point. In fact, Doug Ducey of Arizona uh, has even put in place uh, some attempts to rein in this sleazy industry. But here's what's going on. The ADA was passed in 1990 with maybe good intentions. Hey, you know what? Help people with disabilities access things. It's a good idea, right? Uh, And, you know, government shouldn't really mandate all this. That's another topic. But they were. And and I believe in the beginning they might have had some pretty good intentions. But it's ran off the rails. And now you've got this sleazy industry of attorneys that are literally using this against the people. So let me explain. You've got to make your website comply with the ADA. But there's no compliance guidelines because the ADA came out way before websites did, and there's no updated clarifying regulatory language that identifies um, landmarks, if you will, to make your site accessible. So the debate is your site's always not accessible. It doesn't matter what you do to make it accessible. You might be able to reduce your liability to some degree, but these attorneys that are unscrupulous will run around and sue you They'll hire hackers and say, look, your website is not uh, compliant. And then you'll say, yes, it is. And they'll say, no, it's not. Here's a report from a hacker that shows that it's not. And now you're debating your innocence or guilt. They're claiming you're guilty. And they filed this complaint. And then what they say is, you can go ahead and settle with us. And most 90-plus percent of businesses end up settling because they don't have the money for the time for the resources, if you will, for the fight. So they settle. Well, these attorneys love it. So they've made their settlement amounts right below. um, What do you want to say? Right below what it might take to comply and right below what it might take to sue and win. Uh, Enough below, though, to uh, make everybody kind of think twice. So now these sleazy attorneys know that the law is ambiguous, know that it's confusing, and they're literally violating the free enterprise system by holding these businesses over a barrel. There's been well over 4,000 lawsuits across the country to date, and legislative bodies are starting to freak out about this. Congress has done nothing about it. The courts have rejected the discussions and not allowed it to go to the Supreme Court level where it eventually must go for resolution. Congress should be doing something to clarify the law, but of course, they're stuck on stupid, not doing anything. And so in this no man's land of sleazy attorneys, everybody's over a barrel and they say, hey, your website's not compliant. We're going to sue you if you don't settle with us. And so everybody ends up settling for, I don't know, anywhere from $3,000 to $20,000 people settle. There might be examples of more, depending on the company and the details. And what's tied to this is the law. You know what? Do you have a place of business? If you do, ADA was designed to make places accessible. So they're saying, well, if your website doesn't relate to a place, then you may not need to comply. But whether you need to comply or not, you've got this lawsuit that you still must handle and deal with and settle with. Well, you've got cases all across the country that have got split decisions. Even in the state of Michigan, you've got a western district and an eastern district. Uh, that are at odds. One one district says one thing, the other district says another thing. You've got a New York split decisions, California, et cetera, et cetera, where it's very, very confusing. And that's why eventually it'll end up in the Supreme Court. There's no other way with all these split decisions and lack of clarity. And so why do I say this is a check and balance? Because, ladies and gentlemen, if you can get taken to the cleaners, your whole business can go under over this. Right? 
Uh, I've heard people say to me, you know what, Sam? Uh, if we take on this lawsuit and try to win, which we think we should, um, but we don't have the money, we'll go under if we take that on. So we'll settle. We have no choice. And so what you literally have is a chilling of the free enterprise system over this. And I'm going to be talking about these ADA cases a whole lot more in the future because they're critical to understand. The ADA shakedown racket, the Americans with Disabilities Act, has spawned a sleazy lawsuit industry. Walter Olson writes the piece. It's a great, great article highlighting the problem. All right? It's a serious problem. And it is literally violating the checks and balances that made America great. Um, not only is it that the law is ambiguous and confusing, that's one of the big problems that nobody can get resolution on because the judges are ruling differently. But not only is that the case, the law, based on the way that it's all written, and I don't understand even the legalese of a lot of this. I just understand what it means. The attorneys that are uh, representing the plaintiff, they get their expenses paid no matter what. So let's say that I'm a defendant and they sue me over my accessibility of my website and I fight and I win. Well, traditionally, I would get their attorney's fees. In other words, my attorney's fees covered, uh, etc. Well, it's one-sided. The attorneys for the, the plaintiff the prosecuting attorneys or whatever you want to say, the ones filing the lawsuits, they get their attorney's fees paid for no matter what. And the defendant's side doesn't get their attorney's fees paid no matter what. So even if you win, you lose, in other words. And furthermore, those who are going after all these companies have kind of a, well, they, they it doesn't matter. The attorneys, they'll fight this all the way because they can never lose. They always get their attorneys paid no matter who wins the case. And so they've created this moral hazard in the industry, allowing these sleazy attorneys to literally take advantage of the system. And there is no good answer. I've talked to literally legislative people about this. I've talked to people in government. I've talked to attorneys. I've talked to all kinds of people about this. And the ADA shakedown is a racket. And sleazy attorneys are taking advantage of this thing. What does that mean for you and me? It means that if we allow this to grow up around us, you will be ruled by dishonest, immoral, sleazebag attorneys who will literally put everybody over a barrel over all kinds of issues. It might be the ADA today. It might be your website today. It might be wheelchair access to your bathroom uh, tomorrow. It might be on and on and on and on and on. And where government creates vagary in the law, the lack of clarity, ambiguous, then these are exploited. And businesses suffer. We've got to fight and stop this. But that's an informal check and balance that I refer to. Refer to. It used to be the free enterprise system would have a check and balance. Uh, if there was five businesses and uh, one of them was not accessible, then, hey, the visually impaired or uh, those who have all other impairments, uh, the deaf, whoever the case may be, could get together and say, listen, we like this business better because it's accessible and this other one's not. And let the free market work that out by the court of public opinion. And if businesses want to do right by the population, they will realize, hey, my restaurant doesn't have wheelchair access and other ones do. I better provide wheelchair access so that I'm 
competitive and so that I, um, you know, have a, have a, a heart to my entrepreneurial spirit, if you will. Uh, but when you mandate this stuff and when you create vague laws, then it becomes just a survival of the fittest. Who gets beat up if four restaurants never get a complaint, never have a lawsuit filed? But one does, that one company is at a significant disadvantage. Do you see how that literally starts to manipulate and dig into and violate the principles, the checks and balances that normally exist in a free market system? All right, let me talk about another uh, check and balance that's fairly informal, but I think relates as well. You ready? Well, the... um, uh, WorldNet Daily, WND.com, emailed me and said, Hey, Sam, we're getting shaken down. Yeah, the Ada shakedown racket is now at WorldNet Daily's doors. Okay? WNDADA, type that into Google. Six letters, WND space. If you count the space, it's seven letters. WND space ADA. And what do you get? Wow. You don't get hardly anything. Right? You don't get anything. Wow. Is Google blocking them? I think so. Let's come back and talk about it more. What if I make my search more direct? Hang tight. We'll talk about it in seconds on your radio. Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's going to do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt, and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. Do you treasure your liberty? Well, at LovingLiberty.net, we most certainly do. And we want to help protect your liberty, too. Become part of the family. Everyone knows that the core of any society is the family. Therefore, the government should foster and protect the integrity of its family. We the people. Won't you join us as a Loving Liberty sponsor to help us promote the principles in the 5,000-year leap? Let's restore the miracle that changed the world at LovingLiberty.net. 
Small Business Tech Guys is a team of experts ready to assist you with any service relating to growing your business. Our team specializes in information and technology, social media, general consulting, and HR. We thrive on assisting startup entrepreneurs with growing their businesses. If it's small business, it's our cup of tea. To schedule your free discovery call today, consider sbtechguys.com. We keep an eye on tech so you don't have to. sbtechguys.com. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Sam Bushman on your radio. All I can tell you is these lawsuits are out of control. Frivolous legal claims. Literally, uh, in my opinion, serial plaintiffs. Literally abusing the system, ladies and gentlemen. ADA website lawsuits rise under the Biden administration. The ADA shakedown racket, sleazy attorneys, serial plaintiffs. Yeah, serial plaintiffs turns California ADA lawsuits into lucrative cottage industry. Serial plaintiffs. Right? Well, so that's a check and balance that I believe is really in trouble. Because where will this go? Uh, they always say you can sue anybody for anything. But now you've got these sleazy attorneys in bed with these uh, serial plaintiffs uh, that literally have conflict of interest and they're making filthy lucre. Well, WND.com has been hit with one of these lawsuits. So now you're starting to see that the next check and balance I want to talk about is the media. The media now being attacked by this. And you know what? Can the media continue if it's attacked by this? Uh, let me ask you a question. What if my website gets attacked? And they say, hey, Sam Bushman, your website, libertyroundtable.com, is not accessible to the blind. Well, I'm a blind person, and I own the website. Uh, you know, what does compliance mean? Well, nobody knows. Nobody can tell you. Nobody can... Well, there's standards out there. Yeah, but the standards are nebulous at best. Achieving those standards is a debate. You implement some technologies, and some say that works. It's great. Some say no. Well, how about accessibility for the sighted? A lot of times a cell phone doesn't render a website as well as a computer does. Is that device discrimination? Where do we go with this ADA shakedown racket scenario, ladies and gentlemen? Well, I don't know, but I know this. There's media groups saying they cannot handle these lawsuits. They're going to go under over it. There's a coffee shop that went under over this. There's literally bike shops in California now that are saying, we don't have accessibility uh, compliance. Down. We're, gonna, we're in trouble. Well, you say, Sam, what do we do about it? Well, we've got to insist that Congress do something about this. There are bills before Congress by a few astute uh, members of Congress that realize this problem, and they're trying to do something about it. But look, it's not seeing the light of day. It was inserted in the last congressional um, session, and then nothing happened, so it died. And then they had to re... Um, well, I don't know what you want to call it, but re put it on the docket again this year. Okay? That's going on. But no one really knows about it. It's not a big deal. But it's going to rise to prominence. It's going to become more and more and more in your face because they're abusing people left and right. Well... 
What do we do? Well, here's the problem. You've got this serial revolving door going on where government literally puts its people into media and media people put their people into government. It goes round and round. The Trump administration did it. The Barack Obama administration did it. The George Bush administration did it. The Bill Clinton administration did it. They're all doing it. And now Joe's doing the same thing. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki, they say, will reportedly join MSNBC after she leaves her current position. Sources familiar with the matter told Axios. Psaki has told White House officials, uh, they say senior officials, about her intention to join MSNBC, and she has been in close contact with the network sources told Axios. Think about that. The sources also reportedly said the press secretary is expected to leave her current position around May. Right? So around May, she's going to leave the Biden administration. She's going to go to work for MSNBC. She will host a show for them, I guess. What do you think about that? And this is what I mean. So she's a government person. But, but Trump did the same thing. You had government people then all of a sudden go into the media, and the media people go into government. And this revolving door violates another check and balance. What do you mean, Sam? Well, this informal check and balance is where, look, the media is designed to create transparency and accountability in government through their investigative capabilities. The media is not supposed to have a revolving door with your government to where, well, if I'm in government, I'm going to, well, control the media. They're not going to report on my deal. And now we see an incredible chilling of true reporting. Look, the media is supposed to get the who, what, when, where, why of a story. Are they not? Well, if they know full well that they won't get special privilege at the top of government, they're not going to do the who, what, when, where, why. They're not going to dig in for real investigative reporting and create transparency. They're not going to do that. They're going to say, look, we've got a partnership here. They're not going to be too hard on Jen asking her questions about the administration and about the current policies and the doings and the goings-ons and, and all that of government. If they, well, they're trying to woo her to leave government and go work for them. Are they not? Saki has told White House senior officials about her intention to join MS, MS, MSNBC. MSNBC, right? She has been in close contact with the network. Okay? So I don't have any confidence that they'll get to the bottom of the stories and tell us the truth, do you? They're trying to woo the current, the current press secretary. Right? Think about that. What does that mean for you and me? Well, I submit to you that it's an incredible check and balance violation. Okay? Because how can they report on the truth? How can they create accountability and transparency that way? I don't see how they can. 
right? I don't know how to respond to this. Because I look at this and go, it's such a violation of, uh, in my opinion, normalcy. Uh, but it violates the check and balance. Because if you literally take away the media's ability to report on government, it was act. It was intentionally supposed to be like a vanguard. Freedom of the press, freedom of association, freedom of assembly. See, all these things were designed for us to push back and then have a redress of grievance when wrongs were done. You think the media is going to dig into this ADA discussion big time? I don't see why they would attack the Americans with Disabilities Act and attack government over that there. Um, they want Jen Psaki to join them. See, we've created a crisis. So these are the informal checks and balances. We had the media that was supposed to keep an eye on things, the incredible watchdog that was supposed to investigate and create transparency and uh, expose scandal, bring to light truths, discuss the who, what, when, where, why about a story. They're not doing that, and they're not doing that because of this revolving door that I'm highlighting, right? Saki or Saki, whatever is told White House senior officials about her intention to join MSNBC and has been in close contact with the network. She is expected to leave her current position around May, ladies and gentlemen. Think about that. Does that concern you? And now you've got big tech helping the cause, right? So see, this is what I mean. We're chilling our checks and balances because pretty soon if nobody can report on anything, then how are the people going to get the news on anything? Let's say that I expose vote fraud. We believe we've done that quite a bit, right? But the government just says there's no vote fraud. And the media that's in bed with the government says, no, there's no vote fraud. Saki said so in the government. She's also saying so in the media, right? And then I say, yeah, there is vote fraud. And they say, you're a nutcase. Shut him down. Use big tech to shut him right on down. Wow. Let me give you a point, or let me give you something to make the point. Um, you know, we've all heard from Fauci how you got to wear masks. You have got, I repeat, you have got to have a vaccination, says Fauci, right? Well, that's not what he said in 2004. Here's what he said in 2004 when he was interviewed about this. You ready? Uh, but she's had the flu for 14 days. Should she get a flu shot? Well, no. If she got the flu for 14 days, she's as protected as anybody can be because the best vaccination is to get infected yourself. And so she if, not she, get if she really what has the flu. did he just say? If she really has the flu. She right. should not get it again. No, she day. doesn't need it because the, it, it's, the be, it's the most potent vaccination is getting infected yourself. The most potent vaccination is getting infected Shut. yourself? Well, no. If she got the flu for 14 days, she's as protected as anybody can be because the best vaccination is to get infected yourself. And so she should if not she get re it? If she really has the flu, if she really has the flu, she definitely doesn't need a flu vaccine. Next, if she really has the flu. She right. should not get it again. No, she doesn't need it because the, it, it's, the be, it's the most potent vaccination is getting infected yourself. The most potent vaccination is getting infected yourself. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Anthony Fauci for crying out loud. Fauci in 2004, quote, you don't need a shot if you've had the disease. The most potent vaccination 
is getting infected yourself. Now, why have we jettisoned that reality, ladies and gentlemen, in the era of COVID? See, everything Fauci says is bogus, but the mainstream press covers it up. You got to go back to 2004 where the media was candid, right? I've got example after example where Fauci basically talks outside of or outside, out of both sides of his mouth on this, right? The most potent vaccination is getting infected yourself. Think about that. All right? I mean, listen to Fauci here. Let me ask you about something else uh, from, from the president's interview with, with David. Uh, the, the David asked uh, about uh, the vaccine, the lack of a vaccine requirement for air travel. There is no vaccine requirement for domestic air travel in the United States. Um, and, and when the president was asked, should there be one, he said that his team has, has said it's not necessary uh, at this point. Do, do you agree with that? That, that, that there shouldn't be a vaccine requirement for domestic air travel? Well, it depends on what you want to use it for. I mean, vaccine requirements for people coming in from other countries is to prevent newly infected people from getting into the country. A vaccine requirement for a person getting on the plane is just another level of getting people to have a mechanism that would spur them to get vaccinated. (laughs) Namely, you can't get on a plane unless you're vaccinated, which is just another one of the ways of getting requirements, whatever that might be. So now we're going to talk about requirements, but see, Fauci needs to be caught by the mainstream press. But I'm telling you, mainstream press being compromised by the revolving door of government is disabling one of the informal checks and balances that I speak of so much. It's a shame, ladies and gentlemen. We the people have got to get together and stand for the sacred cause of liberty. God save the republic.